0: Everyone, we are welcome to Merch Heads episode two. Today, our special guest is Alex Young, Merchandise Chief Revenue Officer. Welcome, Ay. How are you today?
1: I'm very good. Thank you very much for having me on.
0: Oh, please. So we have we have a hot topic today: uh, supply chain crisis, right? how to sell during a supply chain crisis. And you, Alex, you've been working on supply chain for almost a decade now. In 2018, you founded your own manufacturing facility, right? In Southern California. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so we, um, we started our own factory here in Southern California, just south of LA. Um, To help support our own brand um, and not be uh, connected to factories overseas um, because we wouldn't we don't have control of lead times um, how many units that can be made um, if another bigger uh, brand comes in and and takes up all the production volume uh, and capacity and so we started our own factory because we wanted to make one-offs and in, on the print-on-demand model for team uniforms. And then it revolved into becoming a premium print-on-demand manufacturer for other brands in sports or athleisure, swimwear, um, many other industries. Um, and, it's, and it's really helped our customers grow without having to take on inventory or react to the market um and now as we well we're still in our supply chain um of time that there's a lot of constraints uh there hasn't been a slowdown for the brands that have worked with us so it's been great for them um but that world is changing um with where and how you um how you source materials and where the material comes from there's there's a lot of things that COVID has moved down the food chain on in apparel manufacturing. And, uh, and so um, we, we have to figure out ways to, to support our brands um, and still do the manufacturing.
0: Exactly. So uh, you've been supporting domestic supply chains for a while now. Um, so uh, a new wave of COVID hits China and it kind of feels like a resiliency test, right? Uh, So what has changed or has anything changed? Are we still in a supply chain crisis or have things improved compared to the first time uh, there was two years ago that there was the street lockdown in China and uh, exports and imports were just constrained and it was impossible to get raw materials. What do you think? Are we still in a supply chain crisis?
1: We are definitely in a supply chains crisis now. And um, I believe that this this round of it over the course of the last few years is worse than the first round. Um, So the first round was uh, the pandemic has started and factories are not open and you can't get anything out because the pandemic is stopping all production. now i feel like uh that slowdown um has been assumed with how brands and manufacturers of products can buy the products that they that are supposed to be made for them so that goes into um, filament for fabric if it's a polyester fabric or a mill being able to get the yarn that they need in the uh, time frame that they're supposed to to support uh, um, the, the demand from the customers, um, that they have. I, I see demand has not slowed down, uh, by the consumer. Um, and so there's been this catch up of, um, of manufacturers to, to try to react to the market. Um, and, and, uh, because the world is so dependent on China, um, we, we haven't been able to really realize the stability again um, and i think we're still a few years out from from seeing that stability
0: All Right, that's very interesting so we still have the um light deliveries the inventory issues and you're telling us demand didn't go down which is a huge problem right so what do you th- what do you think seeing this Landscape, which feels kind of a deja vu, right? Uh, similar to what happened two years ago. Uh, what can we expect uh, for the meat in long term? What's your opinion?
1: My opinion in the immediate term is that there's going to be price increases that are continue going to continue to come through, um, uh, whether those are manufactured prices to stabilize the market in freight or um, by the mills that are making the products um, or their actual increases because of wage increases going up um, in, in certain regions. Um, and then in the long term, uh, I, I think that it's um, from the past. Now it's more about um, how to finance your, your production. Um, so the big the big whales of retailers like the WalMarts of the world or the Under UnderArmour's um, brands, Nike, they they have to control the factories that they that that they use um, so that they have the consumable goods. Um, so the brands that are in the um, let's call it under the fifteen million dollar um, fifteen million in revenue range. Um, there's this huge desperation to find production, to make their products um, because they are not getting preferential treatment or any treatment anymore. Um, their lead times are massively extended. And so they are they may miss selling seasons when things are completely out of their control.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, so are you bringing up the topic of Inflation, right? Prices keep going up. Uh, so freight prices haven't gone down. Right. And do you think they will ever go down or do we have a new normal? Like this is these are the new fees and they've come to stay.
1: Yeah, I think I I, uh, I you touched on it. I, I think they're going to stay they There's they have stabilized um, at this higher rate. Um, I don't know why they're priced the way they are. I can, um, uh, because of, I, uh, you know, they increased substantially because of COVID and demand. Um, and I, and I think now, um, with fuel prices going up, wage prices going up, um, inflation, the, the, that can dictate what freight, why freight costs are up so much, but, um, I don't see it coming down substantially, only stabilizing. Uh, and so um, it's it's something that we have yeah. to deal with.
0: Yeah. So again, uh, domestic and near shore uh, solutions seem to be, you know, the most optimistic alternative, right?
1: Yeah. If you can, I'm uh, like, uh, what, what we're trying to do and, and have been, um is is to make product domestically and source materials domestic uh because we don't we're not dictated by what big brands are doing or not doing in factories or mills um and um and we can be in more control of uh, a localized supply chain whether it's in central america south america or north america Um, it's closer Freight costs. I wouldn't say that they're drastically cheaper, but the turn the turnaround times are um, are faster, and um, you know you can. Uh, it's the communication is is in the same day versus a one to two day turnaround for an email, um, and and when you're looking at managing cash flow in with a smaller brand, so under fifteen million dollar brand, um, that. That time is so important when you're making product three to six months out and you need it delivered for that season. So then you can make all of your profit in that miss season and roll it into the next one or, or, or pull out whatever it may be. Um, so that that's, it's, it's important to, um, especially in this market. Now, um, I think the, what, what we're really going to see is the resilience of some brands and to to near shore and produce locally, they're going to pay three to four times they would with China, but they're going to have product on the shelves to sell Um, and um, and they're going to not lose out on opportunity of a a selling season.
0: Totally. Yeah, because then it's yeah, it's it's a way to fight off huge piles of irrelevant clothes, right? um so yeah it's it, actually in a larger scope it's also about sustainability right getting the collection in time getting customers to consume it and do not just waste you know have to throw clothes away because they arrive too late and now it doesn't make sense anymore right
1: yeah exactly i mean you you could uh fashion is moving so fast now um and they uh, and it's I wouldn't say it's controlled by the fast fashion, the big fashion, fast fashion brands like Zara, um, but they definitely influence it and they can, they can move and pivot uh, at the pace that they want. And they, they control a lot of the international manufacturing. Um, uh, And so if a brand is, if a brand is doing um, some sort of skimpy bikini, Um, one season and immediately terry cloth bikinis are in fashion right now um, and they don't meet their market time and their selling season um they the opportunity and the profit's gonna be lost and they're gonna have dead inventory and the dead inventory uh i mean it yeah it can it can go to a landfill um and that's and the way that those products are made it's it's not helpful for our, our environment
0: Totally. Yeah. 100% agree. So, all right. Thank you so much for that very interesting insight. And now to uh, finish this episode, we have a little bit of chit chat. And it's going to be story time. Uh, BTS info, you've been in the supply chain and apparel industry for almost a decade now. So tell me. Uh, we, we want to one uh, we want to know an anecdote what's the worst supply chain shortage you've been through in all these years of experience you've had
1: um the worst supply chain I'd have to say the worst was the um, peak season so the holiday season of um 2020 so the start like the beginning of covid uh the blank garment providers so cotton blanks and hoodies they there was nothing so what what happened was um big brands couldn't get their product from china because china was shut down and so immediately they bought up as many of the blanks as they could um, and then at the same time, because consumers could not go shop, uh, in person because of the lockdown, they were shopping online. online. And so, um, the biggest, uh, explosion, uh, whether good, bad or great, um, happened with the, um, with the blank providers not having enough and they couldn't dictate it. So, um, we were for some of our customers. It was their biggest selling season ever. Like they were up 400 mm-hmm. to 500% as e-commerce brands. And there's nothing. There was no product that could be made um, because the Bella and Canvas, SNS, uh, Sandmars Mars of the world, and it's not to their fault. They just didn't have the product and they couldn't react that fast. Um, and so we had to get very creative um, with the type of blank garments that we were sourcing um, and we uh, we were able to achieve it. But there was uh, quite a few late deadlines or our deadline misses as far as the holidays went. Um, luckily, uh, and many long nights getting product done as fast as possible. I think back in that time, um, people were I mean, there was a lot of disappointed um, individuals because they didn't get their Christmas presents, um, but they were understanding to the fact that this is was just the way it is, um, and so people were getting Christmas presents in January and February. Um, oh! So.
0: Wow! Wow! That's very interesting. A 2020 COVID nightmare. I'm sure a lot of people will feel represented. Yes.
1: Uh, with that is- anecdote as elves were uh, there was a lot of stress there and they had to work a lot of overtime. but um, I think what it showed what it showed us is that and, and we're really seeing it this this year um, going back to this year versus uh, two years ago um, that there there's a lot of planning that has to be done in order to um, uh, to make sure that we have product, Um, whether it's blank garments or it's fabric or it's needles for sewing, if it's ink, whatever it may be, we, we have to have everything in stock, um, and, and plan for the best, um, hope for the best, um, so that we can perform for our customers. Um, and in, in, as a manufacturer, um, and an e-commerce platform as well, um, there, there's there's a lot of, uh, I think it's created deeper partnerships, um, that are it's, it's less transactional. You know, I'm going to buy 5,000 of this from you and you make this and I need it in this time frame. It's, it's, it's more like why, what's your marketing plan? Do you really need 5,000? Maybe you only need a thousand this month and 2000 next month, um, and on and on. Um, and so it, it it's, it's leveling things so that there's there's no real overextension, um, but we can plan for it. And and either the factory can say more, say say no more, or they can take on more work and plan for it.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, it's very interesting. So hoping for the best, but at the same time, being prepared for the worst. Right. Um, very and on,
1: good. on another note, um, the so the web 3 industry is growing really fast or it's it's grown and then it's come down and it's stabilizing um but it's a it's a very hot industry right now um and so when we look at that we want we we try to make sure that um we can support that that market like you know nfc when it when someone launches an nft uh and or their NFT brand and they're selling selling ten thousand um, individual assets. Um, you yeah, know, if if they're going to do a drop of ten thousand piece of uh, individual assets, and there's um, a merge program that's an extension of that, you know, it has to be planned before that. There's ten thousand oh, units of of a hoodie or a t-shirt that's going to be sold, um, and we want to get it out to the customer as fast as we can. So that they're happy and it helps the brand. Um, but if the you, we don't have the product on the shelf, um, then there's going to be a lot of unhappy people. So there's it's there's this really nice integrated growth with the brand um, and the factory that um, that works really well if if everyone is in agreement for it.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's very interesting. Plus, the Web three community is—it's a huge community that has grown even stronger during COVID time. So yes, it's very, uh, very interesting that uh, you bring that up. So, well, that was that was very um, entertaining. Thank you so much, Ay, for being here today, and thank you everyone right. for listening. And I guess we'll see each other in the next episode of Merch Heads, right?
1: Yes. I love it. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.